This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Your discretion is advised. Savaged Unfiltered. Your host, Michael Gardner. Welcome to Savaged Unfiltered. Uh, I am your host, Michael Gardner. Um, guys, I got a guest on the show I'm going to bring in. Um, he's a, uh, a podcast host himself. Uh, a content creator, um, just about everything. I've watched some of his work, some of his past episodes. Uh, the guy is funny. Uh, he does have a, uh, a mixture of different content he brings into his show. And I want to see some of that content on my show. I, I reached out to him and I, you know, I, I, I thought he'd be a good fit for today's um, episode. So without further ado, guys, let's bring in Mr. David, um, a.k.a. Preacher Man. Preacher man, how's it going, buddy? What's the name, Preacher man? Can you can you go into that, bud? Yeah. So, um, first off, I am a youth pastor as of today. Um, been doing that for the last year. I also have my um, bachelor's degree in religious education with a concentration in pastoral studies. Um, so that's how the preacher man comes about. Wow, sounds sounds pretty cool. You know, I I I seen the I seen preacher man come up here in the uh, in the recording, and I'm like, okay, there's got to be a background to that. So that's good to know. Um, you you mentioned religion, buddy. H- have you always been, you know, a big fan of religion? H- how'd you come across doing that? Um. So um, with my um, what I the the religion I am attached to, um, and I don't really like to call it a religion, uh, more of a follower of Christ, but fall up under the denomination of Christian, which um, many people um, know about Christianity. Um, I've been a Christian um, basically all my life, born into it, but I always tell people that I come into contact with is that eventually as a grown individual, you have to make your own choice. So I'm not a Christian based off my parents. I'm a Christian based off of you know, making that decision on my own as I got older and became an adult. So that's how I became a Christian. Okay. So it goes a little bit back of, you know, childhood. I get it. Um, on your show, I want to get into some of uh, your content on your show. Um, what made you get into podcasting? Um, have you ever been a fan of podcasting? Uh, you know, because I, I ask this question a lot, you know, to guests and sometimes I have, you know, fellow podcasters on my show as well, too. And I always throw that question out, like, what made you get into the industry of podcasting or talk radio? So what made me get into the industry more so was just the ability to um, express myself, being able to talk and express myself. Um, I got into it also because I have a lot of things that I like to talk about and being able to have your own show and being able to get on other uh, platforms with other people such as yourself. Um, I'm able to elaborate and get my opinion and my opinion could help somebody else out. And it also gives other people a perspective of someone else's mind and what they might be thinking compared to just having that one opinion. So that's what really um, made me move into that whole uh, arena of podcasting and radio 
and all of those good things. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I see that. Um, and, you know, just to let, you know, let you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I pretty much, I welcome it all. You know, I, I, I welcome, you know, whether they're political figures, uh, politicians, authors, writers, actors, comedians. Uh, a lot of people, they see the, the, the term savage unfiltered. Uh, yes, I can be a little savage sometimes, and sometimes I can be a little unfiltered. Uh, but I, I throw a bland at it. You know, David, it depends on, you know, the content I'm bringing in. I feel that, you know, it's okay sometimes, you know, to cuss and, you know, just be your normal self, but it's also okay to, you know, throw a, a mash into the show, so to speak. You know, like we ha we're talking about, you know, what you like doing and your interest. Uh, you mentioned religion and everything else. I think that's tremendous. You know, you're reaching out to people on your show very spiritual and 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 i think that's wonderful you know like the world of podcasting today uh, is going to very very large uh, lengths you know compared to talk radio talk radio back in the day you know there was only like so many different categories with podcasting today there are so many categories like you have spiritual podcasting you have sports you have you know, pro wrestling, you have political stuff. So, I mean, what you're doing is, is great. And I, and I applaud you for that. Yep. So um, tell me a little bit more, you know, into, you know, the background, so to speak of, uh, of yourself, you know, um, like what else do you, do you enjoy doing besides, you know, speaking, you know, about whether it's spirituality or, or religion? Um, yeah, so other things that I like to do, um, I like to travel. Um, I, the reason I like to travel is one is because, one, as a podcaster, it gives me an opportunity to just get out and see other cultures and mingle with other cultures and be able to uh, see other lifestyles. So when I do podcasts and come on to other platforms and podcasts with other people, um, I'm able to understand their background, their culture. Um, that's, that's one of the things that I like to do. Another thing that I like to do as well is I like to um I like to um work if it makes sense. I like to uh, help young folks understand what it is to get out here and achieve your dreams because a lot of times a, a lot of people don't really get the savage unfiltered. But they don't see what people go through when they're actually inside of um being successful with their dreams. I think another thing that I like to do is I like to um, I like to work. And the reason I, I utilize the word work, I like to get better at my craft, whatever I'm doing, whether that's gardening, whether that's podcasting, whether that's just getting out here and mingling with other people, getting in front of people and talk. I like to work. That means get my craft together and uh, be able to bring it out in front of other people. That way, one, I'm, they can see that, hey, this guy's actually out here uh, perfecting his craft. He's not just making it more so of a hobby. He's making it more so of something that could be a professional uh, industry. And also, um, not only be a professional industry, but when people see you doing those things, they tend to want to know what does it take, and you're able to explain what it takes to uh, perfect your craft. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's great. You know, you, you, you hit on something that's, that's very rare as a commodity, uh, these days, uh, especially with the work ethic. 
where you know the work ethic is is looked at all different types of angles today, especially today's times. Uh, you know, I could I could speak you know on that. I'm you know I'm 40 years old, and uh, you know just from my generation to seeing the generation today, it's altogether different. You know, you mentioned that you like doing other things. You know, you back in the day we used to call that a jack of all trades. Uh, that term is, uh, it's basically dead today. You know, uh, you know, it's very rare. You see people that have a lot of interest in a lot of different things. And I love the fact that you travel. Um, now when you mentioned travel, have, have you ever been in the military before or, or you just love traveling? So I've been in the military, uh, before, uh, I was in the military for close to six years. So yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's awesome. Well, thank you for your service, by the way. I always love to throw that out. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes. Um, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, some of the um, some of the stuff that you mentioned on your podcast, um, I noticed there was a, a couple segments with sports, man. You, you want to get into that a little bit or? Yes, I can expound on that. Um, when it comes down to sports and the reason I um, did a lot of uh, some of the sports, um, topics and different things is because one, I love sports. That's that's a big thing of mine. Being able on my free time is watching sports, going through some games. Um, something that I also did when I was growing up was play sports. So oh, okay. And when you play sports at a young age, it kind of just kind of just follows you throughout your life. And then when you start moving into different arenas of your life, and you see other sports writers or um, other people getting on the platform talking about sports. Sometimes you just want to add to yours and be like, hey, this is what it really is. This is what it really isn't. Because, again, sometimes when you have writers, which we call journalists today, they're writing based off of what they're hearing. And then at the same time, they put their own spin. So when it comes to their own spin, that's where I did when I had became or talked um, when it came down for me to talk about sports. I put my own spin on it. Yeah, you pretty much uh, – you- so more or less, I mean, you're not afraid to give the dirt sheets, so to speak, on your show, right? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I hear you. You know, because uh, there's a lot of shows out there that, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, guys. I mean, these are well-known, you know, high-class shows. You know, you got, you know, Sports Center, you got ESPN, you got all the well-known network shows. But in reality, you know, David, I, I think it's, it's an old formula you know, of, of, of sports talk, you know, they're so scripted, you know, and I mean, maybe it sounds a little harsh, but they are, you know, it's like, you know, if you want to watch a sports show, you know, show reality into it, man, you know, show like, you know, ah, shit, that guy just, you know, t- uh, took a, a hard left on, on the 49 yard line, you know, versus, you know, you hear, you know, Mike and Mike or, you know, somebody on ESPN saying that guy looks very, very hurt. I, hopefully he doesn't have a concussion. You know what I mean? You see the script it right there. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I cover sports sometimes on my show, and uh, it's not my expertise. I love covering political viewpoints because, um, you know, as a young man, uh, I was born into it. You know, I had two parents, man, that you know, that literally, like, I mean, I think they they sweated politics out of their veins. You know, because they they were always talking about like ah, you know, shit. Ronald Reagan's going to give us some good jobs and this and that, and ah, shit. You know, I, I hope, I, I hope the stock market doesn't go down. And like after hearing that for like you know, fifteen, sixteen years of my life, I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, you ever get into political viewpoints on your show? I don't. I don't see too much of it. I see a little bit, not too much. You said my political viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you see yourself? Like, do you, like especially in today's times. Um, I want to say I don't really um assert myself with any political group, whether Democrat, Republic, Independent. Um, if I had to, it'd be Independent. Um, one is because. Being able to have your own mind, you know, Democrat and Republic have been around for so many years, and you really have to understand when you decide that you want to either be a Democrat or a Republican, what are you really getting yourself into? And yeah. I think that a lot of people don't really understand what they're getting themselves into when it comes to a Democrat or being a Republican because it's so it's so much of it's so much history behind it all, and you don't want to put yourself in a position or join something your morals or your values that you have in your life, not fully understanding, okay, what is a Democrat? What is a Republican? So that's why I say I would I would prefer to be on the independent side. Yeah, I think that's some of the disconnect we're seeing today in today's society. You know, everybody is, you know, constantly questioning the status, you know, your political status. You know, like, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Are you conservative? It's looked at very highly today in today's society than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I just had a uh, discussion with um, – I was on a show the other day uh, affiliated with the Bubba Love Sponge, um, Tuttle, actually. And we had this discussion, and, you know, constantly coming back at me, it was like, you know, like, what do you fit yourself? I'm like, uh, I don't, you know, I like politics. I just, you know, I don't really see myself, you know uh, – I mean, I, I've, I've always been a Republican. Don't get me wrong. But the, the, the political, you know, message today in America, it's, it's, it's so, so divided now, you know, where if you don't agree with an agenda, they're like, you know, and this is on both sides, David, you know, like the, they're ready to, you know, throw the hammer at you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so it's good stuff. Um, so tell me a little bit more, man. Uh, you know, the floor is yours. Don't be shy, man. You want to add anything, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So um, I would say more, a little bit more about me is um, I'm, I'm a high school coach, uh, coach high school football. Been doing that for the last four years. I've done a little bit of work um, throughout my time uh, with the juvenile justice. I worked in adult corrections. Uh, I've worked or been in the military. And I can honestly say um, I had some great times. I met some great people. Hey, guys. This show is now on Amazon Music and Audible. That's right. going to want to check us out on Amazon Audible and Amazon Music. Great set of platforms. We are so honored and grateful to be part of the Amazon team. And we're honored that they are allowing us to be launched on those two major platforms. So thank you to our new friends here on Amazon Music and Audible. A lot of people um, don't really understand leadership today. And I see that it has a, a big uh, it's a big issue in the workplace when you have people who are in charge that don't know leadership, don't know how to um, don't, don't, don't really know how to mix with different cultures and diversity. And diversity is a big thing in the workplace today where everybody 
and all these other different races. And as I, you know, throughout my time of working, I found out that a lot of people don't really even know how to um, work in a diverse environment. A lot of people. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just want to make a notation, David. Uh, you're coming in a little low. I'm not sure if you're speaking on a cell phone or, or what, but if you could just turn the mic up just a little bit so the listeners and everything, uh, the audience can hear you a little bit. But, I mean, I, I completely understand, you know, um, especially, in you know, I mean, society today, like I said, you know, it's it's highly diverse. You know, it's, the culture today in, in America doesn't really exist you know, every culture, every nation, excuse me, in this in this world has a culture. We don't have a culture here. It's looked at so differently today. You know, like yeah. there's so much disrespect. There's so much hatred in this world. Uh, stuff that, you know, you probably hear from your grandparents, you know, like 30 years ago when you were a kid. I don't know how old you are. But, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, my grandparents, this is the some of the stuff they would warn me about. You know, like, oh, yeah. oh, wait till you get to, you know, 40, 50 years old. It's going to be so much different. People are going to be, you know, expressing themselves different. And I'm, I mean, I'm like like eight, maybe like fucking 10 years old or something. And they're like, you know, I'm just being a kid. I'm like, oh, OK, whatever, grandma. You know, you don't want to hear that stuff. And then you get to, you know, my age now, 40. And it's like, shit, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. You know, it's 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 altogether different. You got people that you know. I mean, I mean, this has been a a long going thing, and I'm sorry, guys, if I'm going to offend you, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not a big fan of people, you know, wearing pants below their ass. You know, I mean, that's like, yeah. you know, and, and stuff too. You know, and it's just, ah, man, I, I feel bad for the for the next generation. Like, oh boy, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Same here. <laughs> and then, you know, speaking of, you got into, uh, you said, so you're in law enforcement or I didn't hear that last so, part. Go ahead. So I, I did, so I did a little bit of um, working inside of like prison facilities and working with juvenile justice. Um, I did both of those. I'm actually getting back into the juvenile justice realm. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's good stuff, man. Like you're, you're doing it all, dude. You're doing podcasting. You're, uh, you said you're you have a high involvement in in, in your church community, and now you're doing you know you have, uh, part of the juvenile uh, system as a uh, oh, yeah. so it's, you're basically like a, a detention officer then, right? Correct. So with that uh, job is more so of uh, juvenile transportation, um, dealing with um, juveniles who are right now being held at a detention facility, but at the same time these kids can be um, be sent up to the adult court because all it takes is their case being pushed up to the um the, the adult the adult level. So if their case is pushed up, then that's when we'll take those kids up to the adult level. And it's all again based on their age and everything like that. So a lot of different things going into the factor on there on that whole movement. Hmm. Wow. And uh, I'm sure you see it all like different different backgrounds of these kids. Um, 
if, if I may ask, like, is there like programs for this? Like, uh, you know, where they, you know, I know, you know, they're, you know, these kids are committing crimes and everything. They're, they're not looked as severely as, you know, as an adult. Uh, I'm sure some of it's very petty, though, you know, like maybe, you know, kid maybe stealing bubble gum or something from a 7-Eleven. I mean, I'm just using that for example. But, um, you know, is there any programs within this facility you work at where, you know, they're willing to help them so they don't stay in these facilities for a long time? Um, so what so what it is in these facilities is there are places where uh, these kids are housed. They're housed inside of a detention center. Um, within the state. Um, these kids are also placed in different custody. So some are in group homes. Some um, of them are in um, different different levels of things. Some of them go home. But when it, when it all boils down, some of them don't want to be, um, how do I put it? They don't want to be in these environments, if it makes sense. They're only in those environments due to situations and circumstances. Oh, okay. And uh, um, is there like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, 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 I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable by saying these questions here, David, but um, I, oh, no, I, I, I okay. Yeah. I never had a gentleman on the show that, 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 you know, specializes in this type of uh, industry um, with this type of program. Now things are different now, obviously, you know, we're in the 21st century, you know, when I was younger, we used to have programs because I grew up on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Um, you know, I reside now in Florida, Central Florida. Okay. But I was living in the Lower East Side, especially like the tri-state area, New Jersey, New York. We had uh, ju- what well, we called it juvie, but it was really like juvenile hall. Is it designed that way or is it a little different? Um, I want to say it's a – now, when you – now, can you expound on just a little bit on the how it, which when you mean by the juvenile law, like just so I can make sure that I'm not in the wrong ballpark? Oh yeah, ju- yeah, of course. Uh, juvenile hall was basically it wasn't set up as a uh, you know like a jail or a prison type of environment. It was more or less set up as a, almost like an outreach program where these children would go through like basic steps. Uh, almost if you were going to like a halfway house as an adult or through some type of uh, Christianity program, uh, if you're suffering from alcoholism or, you know, narcotics, uh, you would go through these steps and these children would have to go through the process. And each week they would graduate from a certain process. Now, sometimes if they didn't graduate, it would be like high school or, you know, middle school. You would you wouldn't go to the next grade. Right. That was the same scenario. These kids were, were given like weekly little tests at the end of the week. Now, if they pass, they go to process two and then obviously process three until, you know, they graduate from that program. And then they're released back to either their parent or their guardian that was taking care of them. Is it similar to that? Um, it's a little bit, but the difference is um, in North, like in North Carolina, there's this thing called Tar Heel Challenge. So like kids can opt to go to Tar Heel Challenge where they'll go there, get their uh, education. And instead of them being in a standard school, um, whether that's in middle school, high school, they'll be in Tar Heel Challenge. And Tar Heel Challenge is like you were saying on the lines of what you were saying. It's like they'll graduate and then they move on with their life. Um, yeah. And again, um, when they do not uh, go to Tar Heel Challenge, some can stay inside of the detention center. Now they'll still be given their education, but it'll be inside the detention center. 
and then you have some who do go home. So they're released from the detention center and able to go back home long as they don't get into any more trouble. And then these kids also have probation officers. So it's, it's a big shit. system. So they all have different uh, levels and places they can go if it makes sense. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's so much different now, you know, like, oh, yeah. wow. Uh, and I'm sure you see, you know, like I said, different backgrounds of kids coming in. Now, what's the what's the highest uh, highest age that 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 this facility um, uh, pretty much welcomes in? I guess up to what seventeen years old, correct? So about seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. Uh, once they turn seventeen, it's kind of almost like they're going to be um, moved up into the adult court. So again, it all depends on what they did and what the crime was. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Of course. And uh, I'm sure, I mean, th- uh, it sounds like a tremendous program, you know, um, uh, you know, it, it, basically it's, I guess it's on a federal level um, or is it like pretty much like a state level? So I would say it's more on a state level, um, but I do believe they do get federal funding for different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, hopefully these kids today, you know, they, they get their acts together. And, you know, back in the day, we used to have these uh, programs. Uh, yeah, we used to have these programs back in the day. Uh, I think there was a TV show. Uh, shit, what the hell? Mackenzie, what was that TV show? The Boot Camp. Yeah, 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 the Boot Camp. Uh, do you remember, like, the Boot Camp uh shows that they aired out it was like it was like maybe like early 90s or something like that oh yeah i remember those yeah yeah they got to bring them back man because i mean i think uh, you know again folks please uh you know this this is me i'm old tradition i i i'm not a millennial i'm i think what the hell's behind a millennial right it's <laughs> like a generation x or some shit like that but you know yeah. half these kids today i think david okay i i think they need a good ass whooping you know, I, okay. I, I do, I, I, you know, because I think that's the discipline. It, it's not shown there, you know. And these kids, you know, are some of them. And I just had this uh, discussion, you know, with a good friend of mine the other day. And he had said the same thing, you know, like these children today, like 60 percent of them, man, are growing up without a father. Yeah. And if you grow up without a father. You're missing. You're missing the discipline part. You're getting the love from the, from the parent, yeah, but you're missing the discipline. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 terrible what I see today in society. You know, it's I, I feel for these kids. You know, because like this generation, like they have everything in the in the grasp of their hand. Like they have so much shit that, that I didn't have. You know, technology, yeah, exactly. everything, man. So, you know. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, we're going to close it out here probably about another 10 minutes. Is there anything you want to add before we close it out there, David? Um, I want to, I want to piggyback just a little bit on what you were talking about, about like the kids and things like that. Um, <clears throat> I think like you were saying, the kids do need that discipline. Um, that's the biggest thing that we're finding in the world today. And again, it goes because it, and a lot of it has to do with the political system. Um, there's a political system that, you know, controls the parent, tells the parent, this is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to do. This is what your kid, you know, the kid has rights 
as far as if they get in a spank and they can call the cops, say, hey, you know, my parents abusing me, and then they, they'll remove that child from the home, and then the parents go through this whole legal process. So, yeah, the, the world needs to uh, find this medium. I think that the world right now is just allowing everything. It's almost like a chaotic place uh, because, again, there's no structure. Um, it's based off of money now and, and profit. If, if there's a way that companies or uh, the, the cities, the counties, and the government can all make money, they're definitely going to make the money. They're going to put things in place to make that money. So that's that's what I wanted to just throw in on that one, on that tailing right there. So you think that's the disconnect, right? The um, Yeah, I, I see it. I definitely see it. But don't you think um, some of it has to do with, like, the, the media influence too as well? Yeah, media, um, because these kids, again, they don't really know what these people go through. Uh, all they see is, you know, music, the entertainment industry, the fame, the money, the jewelry, and they don't understand what it takes to get there. Some of that stuff is leased stuff anyway. It's not even bought. They, they're leasing it or renting it. So the cars you see in videos, they, those are rented cars. Those are not their personal cars, <laughs> but a lot of yeah, yeah. are their personal cars. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I, I say the same thing. Yeah, like like all these people are like, oh, man, look at that guy. He's driving a, a, a fucking Lamborghini and everything else. I'm like, exactly. dude, that's, that's not his, man. It's like through his agency, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's a freaking prop, dude. It's not his. It's it's there to make it look great on camera. I mean, it, this is all Hollywood, you, what you see. The reality shows you see on TV, that's fake. You actually think they yep. live like that? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you exactly. clearly see it like every single day. I mean, I was just watching an episode the other day with a good friend of mine. Um, that this wrestler, uh, what the hell is this? Oh, uh, Michael Mizanin. He goes by the Miz on WWE. Yeah. yeah. And him and his wife are arguing about some stupid shit. And, you know, <laughs> the two like babies come in and everything. And then the mother, the old mother and the father are like arguing and bickering about something. And my friend's like include to it. And he's like, dude, did you just see what happened? I was like, yeah, yeah man, that's great acting. Ain't it? He's like, that's not acting. That's real. I was like, no, dude, it's fake. It's a reality show. Though. I was like, no, that's what they call reality shows. Hence, reality show is the opposite of reality. It's not really reality. <laughs> so, yeah, crazy stuff, man. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I. With the kid scenario, society, media today, you know, politicians acting crazy. I, we, we just had something here in Florida. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where you reside, but we, we just had a big thing happen with uh, DeSantis. Uh, you know, oh. migrants, man. I wanted yeah. to get into yeah. it. It was one of my uh, one of my notations I wanted to bring on to the show. Uh, what do you What do you think about that, man? I think that. And when I reside in North Carolina, but I think that when it comes to that whole different thing is you, you, you got to understand people and what might work 20, 30 years ago doesn't work today. As you said earlier, it's the 21st century. And yeah. if you don't understand that and you're trying to play your cards by, again, the 20, the establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. 
That all changes starting right here and right now. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. It's going to be only America first. Buy American and hire America. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. We will reinforce old alliances and form new ones and unite the civilized world against radical Islamic terrorism, which we will eradicate completely from the face of the earth. We will be protected by the great men and women of our military and law enforcement. We will bring back our jobs. We will bring back our borders. We will bring back our wealth. And we will bring back our dreams. We will face challenges. We will confront hardships. But we will get the job done. Together, we will determine the course of America and the world for many, many years to come. This moment is your moment. It belongs to you. Then you're going to mess up because people mindsets are different today and people are more like, look, like you can't be doing stuff like that, you know, because, again, it gives off bad impression. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but in all reality, you know, they are coming into the country illegally. I mean, don't you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I, but you know what? As they come in illegally, somebody profiting off of all of this. You know, because it's been happening for many years and centuries, and nothing hasn't stopped yet. So, it, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't mean to cut in, but I mean, you 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 watch videos of these migrants, you know, coming into the border, and I said I said this on my show the other day, and uh, you know, guys, I want to remind the listeners, uh, I do have a heart. Uh, I'm not cruel, uh, but right now in our society we really don't have the financial aid to be spending money on migrants that are coming into this country. I understand a point, David, where they're coming into the country and they're trying to, you know, come into the country for better opportunity, you know, but some of the video that's surfacing, you know, it's almost like a sympathy clause. You see them like painted by like CNN and then what is it, Don Lemon, and then all these anchors are like, oh, they've been walking for thousands of miles. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Not when you see, like, branded shoes on their sneakers, Nikes, like, what the hell, those those fancy-looking backpacks that they're wearing. I mean, come on, guys. L- look at it. They're, they're, you know, they're private helicopters getting dropped off, like, probably, like, three or four miles from the border, and then Boom, there goes the cameras. You know, there's the Hollywood oh, yeah. right Hollywood set set right in. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Exactly. So I mean, I agree with, with DeSantis, you know, uh, doing what he's doing. You know, he's he's protecting the state. And I hope I hope other governors, man, they they do the same thing because I mean we have we have a fentanyl issue right now in this country. You know, yeah. more kids are getting hooked on the fentanyl. You know, I'm a look I looked at the latest poll and it's like 300 deaths right now of fentanyl that's crazy that's a third you know oh yeah oh yeah and get oh no i'm sorry you look at it and it makes you wonder you know just question certain things how does 
certain things get into this country. You know, everything goes through border and borders and border patrol, which is a federal agency. And I understand as humans, they're not going to catch everything. But how does it get into the point where it's creating these deaths? You know, like you're saying, all these people are dying from it. And it seems like it's okay. Well, see, they paint the picture with, with, with the kid, right? You know, like, yeah. you know, you, you see the video surfacing, right? And, you know, these people, I mean, they're, they're so great of an actor. And yeah. they'll put that face on and they'll put the kid right into the camera. And it's like almost like, like a sympathy clause, you know, yeah. like we want to feel sorry for them and everything. Folks, listen, yeah. we have issues in this country. Like I said, I'm not cool. I, I think we need to put people first. You know what I mean, David? Oh yeah, we do. Put put our people first, and then worry about other countries. And then, if we get to that point, I think we'll be a better society and a nation. Yeah. Now, you know, you got Republicans that are getting like literally hammered right now by the liberal left, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, well, DeSantis is is uh, you know inhumane, and you know he he's he he doesn't have a heart, and he just you know uh, put a." what was it, 50 or 100 migrants the other day on a private jet up to Martha's Vineyard, you know? Oh, yeah. And and they're going crazy. They're begging for uh, for federal aid. More money coming out of my pocket and your pocket. Taxpayers' money, you know? Exactly, yep. I mean, you cry about the inflation. I mean, what do you think it's going to do now? You cry about the deficit. What do you think it's going to do now? It's going to double it. It's going to quadruple it. Exactly. We, we have more homeless vets on the on the freaking streets right now, and then you have your federal department, your government, putting out aid to illegal immigrants. Like, don't you see the problem and the issues we have for this country? I know. It's it, it's two sides. It's not one side. It's two sides. Oh, and yeah. this goes yeah. back to yeah, this goes back to the kids that you were just mentioning. You know, like. That's what we should be worried about. The children, American children that are going through detention centers, get better programming. Stop worrying about other countries. Worry about what's what's going on here. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. But uh, as we conclude, David, uh, I want to. I want to thank you for being part of the Savage Unfiltered podcast here today. Uh, it's a true honor having you on. And uh, it's, it's very fascinating and interesting you know, talking to a, a fellow podcaster as yourself. Uh, sure. So I, I, I do, I do want to send that applaud to you and I, I wish you the best of luck, you know, in your show. And uh, if you can, sir, tell, uh, tell the listeners and, and some of my followers on social media, if they, you know, where they can find you at. Yes, sir. Uh, before I do that, I want to say it's a pleasure. It's an honor of being here on your show. I want to thank you for allowing me uh, the opportunity and the time on your show. Um, everyone can find me. Uh, Fraser Chronicles podcast is the podcast thing. I am the face of Fraser Chronicles. I can be found on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, um, and all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all again, all major podcasting platforms, and um, and that's where I can be found. And again, it's Fraser Chronicles. It's one word. You'll find you can just Google it, Fraser Chronicles, and it'll pop up a list of um of platforms that I'm on. So yes. I like the name. All right, before I close it out, I like the name. 
Frazier. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have to ask a question. Did 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 you get that from um, from the actor Frazier? No, <laughs> my uh, my father's last name is Frazier. So okay, that's uh, and that's my last name. And again, Frazier Chronicles because of what's in my mind and what's going on around me, and just my my own imagination on what I want to uh, bring forward. So Frazier Chronicles, listen. All right, I got you. All right, guys, you heard today David, a.k.a. The Preacher Man, on Savage Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, Once again, David, thank you very much, and uh, we hope to see you in the near future, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take it easy.